0: Well, in Revelation chapter 1, we not only get glimpses of the glory and majesty of the person and nature of Christ, but we also get insights into his ministry to us as our great high priest. He loves us, and he's interceding for you and me today if we belong to him. More about the unveiling of the person and ministry of Jesus in Revelation 1 today on Walk in Truth.
1: Welcome to the Walk in Truth weekend program. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. Before we get started with today's message, we want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. Call with your gift at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
0: What's the application for those receiving the book of Revelation? I think it's very clear. These seven churches and those like them, if you go back to Revelation, are suffering. They're wondering, are we going to be able to finish what we started? Are we going to recant if we're threatened with death or being banished or our family being taken away? Can I start what I finished, Lord? And the Lord's saying, just remember, this seven-branch lampstand and the historical context of it in the book of Zechariah, you will finish Because I will empower you to do what I've called you to do. This reflects the purpose of the church in this sense as well. The church is supposed to be the light of the what? Of the world. And the source of that light is Jesus Christ. And interestingly enough, Jesus in Revelation 1 is dressed, consensus of scholarship, not as a king, but as a high priest. And one of the jobs of the high priest or the priest in the temple was to fill the little cup holders of the seven branch menorah. When the oil got old, it would get refilled by the priest. That was his job. And if any wicks went out, he would put new wicks there and relight the ones that had gone out. You see the imagery, brothers and sisters? Jesus Christ is among his church, and when our oil is low and our wicks are waning, he lights the fire again and again and again, amen? Amen. And this is the image beautifully tied to Zechariah 4 that our great high priest is in the midst of his church. He says, look at Revelation 2, verse 5, with a warning, though. He says, remember 2.5, therefore from where you have fallen and repent. This is the church that left their first love. We'll get to this next time. Do the deeds you did at first or else I am coming to you, Revelation 2.5, and will remove what? Your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. What does that mean? I think it means that your influence, the light that you're supposed to shine in Ephesus is going to go out unless you repent. And some of us may need to hear that tonight for our own lives because we lose influence when we give in to sin. Verse 13 chapter 1. In the middle of the lampstands where we'd expect to see the Lord one like a son of man. Remember we saw this description of the son of man in Daniel 7:13 and 14. So he's in the midst. He's in the middle of the lampstands. Just just note, he's in the middle of the church. He is the church's light. We're simply reflected light. He is our light. We're like the moon. We're not like the sun. The the moon reflects the light of the sun, and that's what the church does. He's clothed in a robe, reaching to his feet, or to the feet. This is a unique word in the New Testament, and it does uh, apply to a priestly garment. And girded across his breast, or his chest, is a golden girdle. So it was the job, as I mentioned, of the Levitical priest to keep the lampstands lit. And Jesus, I would say here, is tending to his lambs. You remember when he was resurrected, he met with Peter at that fire. And he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, you know I love you, Lord. And he says, then tend my lambs. Jesus is in the midst of the church. What is he doing? He takes care of his people. He tends to his lambs. Not always in the most comfortable way but he does uh, tend to us. And so he's dressed in these beautiful garments. He's our great high priest. If you write down Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, his great high priestly ministry is seen there. He's able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Uh, he, we come to a throne of grace to receive what? Mercy and help in time of need. We can come to him boldly because he loves us. This robe is a mark of distinction. If you write down Exodus 39, 29, it says the sash of fine twisted linen and blue and purple and scarlet material, the work of the, le- the weaver, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses is making, or the folks are making priestly garments, and this is, fits well with the description. So he is in a high priestly attire. This is what he does. He is the high priest of the church. He's got you, and he's got me. Amen? He hasn't moved. He's in the midst of a persecuted, troubled church that's going through tribulation. Here's a description. His head and his hair were white. Praise the Lord. All of you have white hair? You're not alone. (laughs) His head and his hair were white. The word is leukos in Greek, and it means bright, blazing, or brilliant. So it's not just simply a reference to gray or white hair. It was like white like wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. Uh, in Daniel 7, if you go there, and we're going to, as you've noticed, we're going to be all over the Bible when we study Revelation because there's all these references, right? Daniel 7. Go to Daniel 7. Isaiah, Isaiah Jeremiah Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Go to Daniel 7. Look at verse 9. Daniel 7, verse 9. It says, I kept looking, 7, 9, and Daniel, until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture, Daniel 7, 9, was, was like white snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels, similar to Ezekiel chapter 1, I think, were a burning fire. A river of fire, Daniel 7, 10, was flowing and coming out from before him. And notice, thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court sat, and the books were opened. As we see the description of Jesus Christ, we see the tie to the son of man back to Revelation 1 and the tie to the ancient of days because Jesus is the ancient of days because he has no beginning and he has no end. He's been here forever. From everlasting to everlasting, Psalm 90, verse 2, you are God. Alpha and omega is captured in a word called a mirism, and it means that when you're the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, the aleph, tav, you are the beginning, the end, and everything in between. It implies the in-between as well, and it implies Control gray or white hair can speak of wisdom and honor. Praise the Lord. I'll quote John Ferguson when he says, I've earned every one of these gray hairs. Praise the Lord, John. Amen. I'm earning them too. They're starting to pop out here and there. And I'm giving them names now. I'm naming them for certain individuals. No, I'm not doing that. That would be brutal, wouldn't it? I lifted my eyes and looked at Daniel 10, 5, and 6, and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen whose waist was girded with a belt of pure gold of Uphaz, or upaz. Daniel 10, 5, and 6, just write it down. His body also was like beryl. His face had the appearance of lightning. This is when Daniel interacts with this heavenly being. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze. And the sound of his words like the sound of a tumult or a multitude, Daniel 10, 5, and 6. Notice the description in Revelation 1. As John turns around, he he says, he describes uh, in 14 his head, uh, wisdom and power and authority, white, purity. His eyes, 14, like flaming fire, sees all, knows all, nothing gets past him. His feet... Verse 15, we're like burnished bronze. Many think that speaks of judgment, holiness, when it has been caused to glow in a furnace, purity. And his voice was like the voice or the sound of Niagara Falls. It actually reads like the sound of many waters. If you've ever been somewhere where there's gushing water and it's an awesome, like it's a big day at the beach and the waves are like... You know, you can almost feel it when you stand like at the pier or on the beach when the waves are really rumbling. I stand on the sand. I don't go out on the water (laughs) during those times. Just hold my board. Yeah, maybe in a a few minutes. (laughs) What do they call that? Poser? Yeah. Anyway. Pose for selfies. I was there a big wave behind you. (laughs) Anyway. His voice is awesome. It's like the sound of pounding surf, the sound of Niagara Falls, the sound of gushing, pounding water. This is our God. This is our Savior, Jesus Christ. He spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light. And light said, okay. How does that work? He said to oceans, You can go no farther than that. Stop. That's raw power. Jesus said to the sea, Peace, be still. And it was quiet. Who is this one that even the wind and the waves obey him? I'll tell you who he is He's God Almighty.
1: You've been listening to the Walk in Truth Weekend Program.
0: Visit the Walk in Truth store today to get the Revelation DVD series by Pastor Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ and how he speaks to his church in both words of commendation and correction. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the Seven-Sealed Scroll, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and many other intriguing truths that expose God's plan for planet Earth, the unbelieving world, and His Church. Join Michael Lance in a DVD series of this dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk-In Truth store today to order your copy of the DVD teaching The Mark of the Beast, The Seven Seals, and The New Heaven and New Earth. All available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Click on store.
1: You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
0: His eyes, 14, like flaming fire... Sees all, knows all, nothing gets past him. His feet, verse 15, were like burnished bronze. Many think that speaks of judgment, holiness. When it has been caused to glow in a furnace, purity. And his voice was like the voice or the sound of Niagara Falls. It actually reads like the sound of many waters. If you've ever been somewhere where there's gushing water and it's an awesome, like it's a big day at the beach and the waves are like, you know, you can almost feel it when you stand like at the pier or on the beach when the waves are really rumbling. I stand on the sand. I don't go out on the water during those times. Just hold my board. Yeah, maybe in a, in a few minutes. What do they call that? Poser? Yeah. Anyway pose for selfies. I was there a big wave behind you. (laughs) Anyway. His voice is awesome. It's like the sound of pounding surf, the sound of Niagara Falls, the sound of gushing, pounding water. This is our God. This is our Savior, Jesus Christ. He spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light. And light said, okay. How does that work? He said to oceans, you can go no farther than that. Stop. (laughs) That's raw power. Jesus said to the sea, peace, be still. And it was quiet. Who is this one that even the wind and the waves obey him? I'll tell you who he is. He's God Almighty. His voice is powerful. Oh, I got to, oh, I have so much I want to show you. Oh, go to Ezekiel. Go to Ezekiel. You got to, you got to go there. You just have to. <laughs> Ezekiel is just before Daniel. So you already know where it is. Ezekiel. Go to chapter one. So Ezekiel, there's a lot of stuff in Revelation that, is alluded to from Ezekiel, but let me just show you some highlights. Chapter 1, verse 26. Images of God's glory from Ezekiel. Chapter 1, verse 26. Now, above the expanse that was over their heads, 126. There was something resembling a throne like Lapis Lazuli in appearance. And on that which resembled a throne, high up was a figure with the appearance of a man, 127. 127. Then I noticed from the appearance of his loins and upwards something like glowing metal that looked like fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his loins and downward, I saw something like fire. There was radiance around him. As the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the surrounding radiance. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face. And heard a voice speaking. Go all the way to Ezekiel 40. Ezekiel chapter 40. Look at verse 1. Ezekiel 40, verse 1. In the 25th year of our exile, the beginning of the year, on the 10th of the month, in the 14th year after the city was taken, on that same day the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me there. In the visions of God, he brought me, Ezekiel 40, verse 2, into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain. Similar to what John's going through, Ezekiel goes through. And on it, to the south, there was a structure like a city. So he brought me there, and behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of bronze with a line of flax and a measuring rod in his hand, and he was standing in the gateway. And the man said to me, Son of man, see with your eyes Hear with your ears and give attention to all that I'm going to show you. For you have been brought here in order to show it to you. Declare to the house of Israel all that you see. You see the parallel? Send this to the seven churches, all that you see. Ezekiel's told, you tell this to the house of Israel. Go to chapter 43, look at verse 1. 43, 1 says, then he led me to the gate. The gate facing toward the east, and behold, the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the way of the east. There's an eastern gate on the Temple Mount today that is closed, interestingly enough. And uh, we'll get a chance to look at it when we're up on the Temple Mount area when we go to Israel. Behold, the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the way of the east, and his voice was like what? The sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. And it was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when he came to destroy the city. The visions were like the vision which I saw by the river Chebar. And I fell on my face. John's going to do the same in a moment. And the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate facing toward the east. And the spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. And behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Man, purity, power, holiness. These prophets, even though their jobs were tough, back to Revelation 1, man, they got to see some incredible stuff. And as John turns and he's seeing who we know is Jesus Christ, he says this, after he describes his voice, his eyes, his hair, his purity, his power, he says, in his right hand, he held seven stars out of his mouth. Remember, symbolic language here. Out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. Can you imagine? John might say, you got it, Ray-Bans or Oakleys that I can wear? (laughs) You ever go outside, you're you're in a dimly lit room and you go outside and it's bright and your eyes can barely even take like the concrete. And you're like, whoa. Can you imagine? John must have had super sunglasses because his face was like the sun shining in its strength. When uh, Paul saw Jesus on the road to Damascus, that's how he described Jesus. He said he was... his. He shined brighter than the noonday sun. Well, it shouldn't surprise us. He made the sun. The future Jerusalem has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it for the the lamb in the midst of it is its light. Those who have wisdom and knowledge will shine, Daniel 12.3, like the stars forever and ever. He holds in his hand, in his right hand, power, authority, protection, seven stars. We'll get to that in a second. He's got a sharp two-edged sword. Symbolic language coming out of his mouth speaks of correction and judgment. The word of God is what? Powerful. It's authoritative. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In the armor of God, we have the sword of the spirit, which is the Word of God. Jesus is the word of God. The sword is an image of cutting, cutting deep, even of defensive and offensive strength. And he's got the sharp sword. He's going to speak sharply to the churches in some cases. And of course, his word of judgment is going to come on the world. And his face, man, his face is glorious. Isaiah 49.2 says, He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has concealed me. He has also made me a select arrow. Speaking of Messiah, he has hidden uh, me in his quiver. This is the servant of the Lord. This is the power of God's word. And when I saw him, 17, Revelation 1, I fell at his feet as a dead man. Can you imagine, John? He had spent so much time with Jesus, but when he sees Jesus in his glory, what does he do? He falls down like a dead man. We have some people in our current age who have said they saw God, they had to put their arm around the Lord and say, it's going to be okay. You'll get over it. I don't think so. If you have an encounter with Almighty God from everything I can see in Scripture, you hit the deck and wonder why you're not dead. Samson's parents Upon seeing the angel of the Lord, we surprised that they weren't dead. And this is John. He knew Jesus. But man, this is the glorified Lord. And he laid his right hand upon me and he said, as John had heard so many times in Jesus' earthly ministry, don't be afraid. Stop fearing. I am the first. And I am the last. Don't be afraid. Some of you just need to receive that for yourself tonight. He'll touch you, and he'll say, don't be afraid. I'm the beginning, and I'm the end. I know where this train's going. I got you. I'm not going to let you go. You're in my right hand. No one's going to snatch you out of my hand. But John, as one writer put it, had to be on sensory overload, (laughs) right? Wow, whoa, whoa, look at his eyes, look at his head, look at his hair, look at the... What a voice! (laughs) Down! (laughs) Wouldn't you you hit the carpet? I'd be in a field position, man. (laughs) John was seeing some incredible stuff. When Isaiah saw the Lord, he said, I am ruined. I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the Lord... And they took a coal from, remember, from the fire and his mouth was touched. He was purified. John probably felt as impure as you can feel. Remember when Peter saw Jesus with the catch of fish and he said, Lord, depart from me, I am a sinful man. In the presence of God, when we see God for who he is and us for who we are, you don't want to look. Your eyes can't look upon him. He's too holy. That's your God. When you understand how holy the one is who came and died for you and loves you so much, it changes everything. Don't be afraid. I'm the living one, verse 18. He says, I was dead. There's no doubt that this is Jesus. Right after we have the description of the first and the last, then he says, I'm the living one. I was dead. That has to be Jesus. There's no doubt. Jesus is God. He's the first and the last. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And behold, I am alive forevermore. He's resurrected. He'll never die again. It's impossible for death to hold him. And I, verse 18, says Jesus, have the keys of death and of Hades. Well, as you can see clearly in Revelation chapter 1, Jesus is the living God, and he has the keys of death and of Hades. My friend, the reality is we're all going to face our own mortality at some point, and you want to know the one who is God and the one who has the keys of death and of Hades. You want to know the one who gives eternal life, and his name is Jesus. Hey, I'm Pastor Michael Lance, and I'm very excited to let you know that Walk in Truth is not only on the radio, we are online. You can now listen to our daily teachings whenever you want on your favorite podcast app. I'm talking about any app from iTunes to Spotify, Google Music to iHeartRadio. Open your favorite app, search Walk in Truth, and it's all free. Please remember to subscribe, and we'd love to know that you're listening there as well as this great radio station. Well, tune in tomorrow as we'll finish up the week concluding our teaching in Revelation chapter one, the unveiling. Look forward to it. Until then,
1: God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.